Hallelujah, Lord. Indeed, when faith, Lord, is our victory. And Lord, there are going to be times that we, Lord, the sun's not shining. We're in those valleys, Lord, so low. But Lord, with faith, Lord, that's been anchored deep in our heart, Lord, holds us, Lord, through the trials of our faith, Lord. Pray tonight you just come, Lord. I've just been before you, Lord, asking that you take complete control tonight. Take away the vessel. Lord, and may the people pull and receive, Lord, from you, Lord, not from my thoughts, but, Lord, from your thoughts, Lord, from your throne tonight, we pray. Thank you for this time, Lord. May we just cherish it. Lord, it's not all the time we can just spend focused on you like this in a service and in your atmosphere, Lord. May we take, Lord, the opportunity tonight, we pray in your presence. In Jesus Christ's name, amen. Amen. Well, I just want to say, I don't usually get this opportunity after camp, but I wanted to say thank you to everybody that was involved at camp and that came and participated and labored their blood, sweat, and tears for a number of days and put your gifts in the Lord's hands and blessed, I know, many of us and our children and those beyond that we don't even know. And I just wanted to say thank you for that and for your labors. And may the Lord just bless you so richly and uh, pour back in what you need. He knows what you need. And maybe tonight, I don't know what you need tonight, but he does. Let's turn in our scriptures. We're going to read in 2 Corinthians 10. Who'd have thought, Brother Gerard and Sister Angela, that I would be preaching when you're here? <laughs> Farthest from my imaginations, but we're here and in line of duty. Amen. Everybody there? We're going to read at verse 10, uh, chapter 10, verse 3. For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh. Amen. Here we are in our, our human bodies, but the warfare is not with these hands of flesh and bone. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. Amen? Casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalteth itself against the knowledge of God and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. Amen? Bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience Christ. Amen. You may have your seats. It's having my notes. I said, reality check, you're in a battle tonight. We can get kind of just all lackadaisical in Laodicea here, and Satan wants us to get there, but it's war. We're in a warfare. And if we just get complacent, well, we're in big trouble. So tonight's just a little bit of a Provokement, if that's a word, or provoking you. Say, check up. We're in war tonight. Amen? Amen? In battle, you've got to be ready all times. And my title tonight is, In Times of Peace, Prepare for War. I told my son, he asked me what the title was, and he said, oh, I think Brother Andrew's spoken something like that. He said, oh, no, did he? It's the only service that I didn't listen to. I didn't get to hear the Friday morning. And so if you hear something that he said, I have no clue. The Lord wants you to hear it twice. Okay, so, and if not, he wants to hear it once. 
And my brother Brandon, he said, he goes, I believe it was Lincoln. He said one time, he goes, or it might not have been, but he said, it sounds to me rather that he made the statement, in time of peace, prepare for war. He said, that'd be a good thing for us to think about in time while everything's running smooth. Everything's just going wonderful. There's no problems. Everything just pours along just fine. Life's going good. Your job's going good. Your marriage is wonderful. Whatever is happening, it's just good. School's wonderful. No tests. Summer vacation. But you're going to leave here in a few days. No, sorry, I just missed the line. He says, you're in a convention now. We've just passed camp. We were at a camp just a few days ago, and everything will pour along just fine. But you're going to leave here in a few days, and you're going to meet the enemy. All right? The Lord just put this in my heart just late last week. This is a little bit of a ringing up here, Brother Caleb. And uh, just thinking after camp, a lot of times we come out of camp, and we are on a spiritual high. We're just, mm, it was wonderful. And it is wonderful. Those are times that we can just dedicate so wholly to the Lord and have just a wonderful time in his presence and strengthen ourselves and, and recharge and, and get our, our, ourselves, you know, back in track, if, so to speak. But those are, that's time, it's running smooth. Everything's running, r- running wonderful, but you're going to meet the enemy. He goes, he might not even wait till you're ready to leave. He might attack at any time. He's wicked and ruthless, All right? So he just carries on whatever he says, whenever he can say or do, he does it right now. So he says, so be dressed. But Abraham said, be dressed all the time. Amen? And that's what I just want to speak on tonight is just, just a little preparation and understanding how the devil might attack, what his tactics are. Some of the, you probably all know these things. And so it's just to maybe rehearse it and bring it to your mind a little bit and, uh, and prepare you for tomorrow. Or maybe when you walk out the door, or maybe right in the service tonight. Peter said, 1 Peter 4, 12, he said, Think it not strange concerning the fiery trial, which is to try you as though some strange thing happened. So don't think it odd in a week from now or tomorrow that just everything goes absolutely crazy. Satan comes and just starts to bombard you like you've never had before. Peter's saying, think it not strange. Don't think this is just out of the blue. Okay? As you though some strange thing happened to you, but rejoice in as much as you are partakers of Christ's sufferings, that when his glory shall be revealed, you may be glad also with exceeding joy. So trials are guaranteed. They're guaranteed. All right? And we heard a little bit of that on Sunday. They are fiery trials. They're better than fine gold right? And we heard it was producing, it produces character. So it's not, don't think it's strange. You're going to have them and they're guaranteed. And he's going to come as a roaring lion, as we know the scripture says. There is an adversary that is seeking to devour you, right? Be sober, be vigilant because the adversary, the devil, as a roaring lion, lion walketh about seeking whom he may devour. I'm just so wonderful that there's another verse that says, for the son of man come to seek and to save that which is lost. Satan's coming to seek you, to devour you, right? He's coming with trials right away. But we have one, the son of man come to seek and to save that which is lost. And he that is in you will be greater than he seeking to devour you. Amen. When these guaranteed trials come your way. All right. Amen. So reality check. Battle is here, and it's on its way. But we can rejoice, because we're blood-bought. We're saved. 
we're sealed. Amen? So as I said, you know, after camp, we just have these wonderful, great experiences and deliverances and healings and wonderful movements of the Holy Spirit. But the battle's now set. And as Brother Branham said, the greatest battle that's ever fought is happening right now. And he talks about how it's, it's been happening, but he said it's getting set right now. We're in the battle instead of life or death. It's really where it's at. This isn't just, you know, well, sorry, try again. This is no computer game. I died. Oh, restart. Respawn. There's no respawning in this. You young men who have played a game and respawned in some game. Oh, drop me somewhere. No, no, there's no respawning. It's life or death. So this is, this is not just namby-pamby. We're here to be soldiers. Amen? Seen too many falter and fall. And I'm just a little bit of a post-camp thought, and sorry if some of this kind of shoots in that direction, but too many over the years, too many coast out of camp, and then a month or two or three or six months later, they're just not here. That's reality. Life or death. Amen? Amen. It's real. And we're not here preaching. Like I said, I'm here to fight tonight. I'm here, to, I'm here to fight. I don't want to see my fellow soldier go down. I don't want to see someone three months from now, four months from now, just disappearing. Where did this person go? Oh, I, I don't know. Oh, I thought they were on fire. I saw them at camp, and they were just like, you know, praising God. And, and now it's, you know, they're back there or not here. No, I'm not here for that. I don't believe that's what is our promise. Amen? So we're here to fight battle. So to prepare for battle... There's certain things you need to be aware of. You know, when, when uh, someone is going to go to battle, they prepare, I should say. And just in uh, looking at a few things, someone created a little bit of a short list on, you know, how, like you could put pre preparation for battle into about seven points, but someone felt they could do that. But uh, point one they felt was know your battle zone and gather information, tactics and positions and knowledge of the enemy. That was number one. You got to know who you're, who you're fighting. You need to gather information about them. We'll go on that a little bit more. Second point they thought was prepare yourself physically, spiritually. And then to use those skills. They said practice them. There's some that are practicing right now. I know this week at the witnessing booth. They're putting that into, into practice and action. You know, things that they've learned and learned and learned. And suddenly someone's asking them a question. It's like, oh, uh, and here we go. Into action it goes. Number four, they said, start meditating. This is someone that was saying, here's how to prepare for a real uh, battle in the, in the carnal realm. Meditating. Well, Psalms has a lot. Blessed is the man that walked not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful, but his delight is in the law of the Lord, and his law doth he meditate. Amen. I will meditate also of all thy work and, and talk of thy doing. So meditating on the word is not a bad thing to do either in a spiritual preparation. Their number five was to invest in life insurance. <laughs> I thought that might have been number one. <laughs> but Brother Brown, he says he's got life insurance, blessed assurance. Jesus is mine, amen? So that's not a bad thing either. We have that. That's covered, amen, at the beginning. Blessed assurance, amen. Number six, prepare for separation from loved ones. Yeah. Those who forsake father, mother, sister, brother, I will also pour back, amen, and give you 
father, mother, sister, brother. Those of you, many of you have had that happen. These are just some of the world's thoughts on preparing for battle. But, you know, if you go back in the Old Testament, it was constant battle. Constant. Almost to the point where you're like, wow. That's uh, you know, just hundreds of thousands of people just battling and dying. You know, 100,000 people from this tribe, 300,000 people from this tribe, and gathering armies together, and over and over and over again, it's battle, 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 battle. Who's ever read through Chronicles and through Kings and these different chapters and books that, that detail that? It's intense. I don't know if you've done that lately. It gets quite intense. But it types the spiritual. Do we believe that? We have the, right? The Old Testament, it types the spiritual. And, and you know, we might not win every battle. Joshua didn't. Joshua came up to Ai and things didn't go well. Right? He came up there and something happened. He fully well thought he was winning that battle. And then something happened and he found out, you know what? I got something wrong. There's something out of line, out of order in my army that I need to check out. And he did that. You know, there was Achan and there was sin in the camp. Amen. But it didn't stop Joshua. Amen. Because he had a promise. Got that in order. Right back into battle again. Amen. And there, which I can say, we might, you might not win every battle, but we do know we won the war. Amen. We do know that. Because we read the end of the book. I always tell my kids, you can't read the end of the book. It's just bad book etiquette. You can't do that. You know, you got to read it through and build up with the climax of the book. But this one, it's okay. You can read the end of it. <laughs> Amen. Because we won the war. <laughs> but we have many battles up to that point, And here we are in a battle. Forgive me if I say that word a lot tonight. <laughs> Amen. So like Joshua, we want to go back and analyze how Satan can come and win a battle if he takes us in one. So what, what happened there? How, how, did he, how did he get me there? What, what, what do I need to do? Figure out his tactic and re-engage. Amen? We don't ever give up. A soldier of this cross never gives up. Amen? There's no going down and them down. No. We get back up and we keep back going. So that's very important for someone that has been anchored in the rock of ages. Amen? So the first thing we do in preparing for battle... Didn't even start my clock. That's a free few minutes there. Every war has to have a battleground, okay? It has a place where it's fought. And there's been lots of battles fought in different places around the, around the world. And a lot of times, especially if you go back in the older times, there was, you know, a place that battle happened at. And the armies kind of marched out and they engaged war at this specific battleground. David and Goliath was a good example if we go way back it was a battleground, an army, an army, and here it had happened, right in the middle. Amen? The Valley of Elah. Now, the war that we're talking about began in heaven. Amen? Revelation said, and there was war in heaven, and Michael and his angels fought against the dragon, and the dragon fought his angels, and prevailed not. Neither was their place found any more in heaven. And the great dragon cast out that old serpent called the devil, and Satan, which deceived the world, he was cast out into earth, and his angels were cast out with him. Amen? There it happened. First, the battle in, earth, in heaven, and then cast down into earth and into earth. Right? 
Again, you're going to know these things. We're just going to rehearse them a little bit for you. And so Brother Branham talks about him coming and the battle now starting in our minds. Amen. Making sure you know a little quiz tonight. Amen. That's where it happened. It comes down now and the battleground is set right here, right in our mind. Amen. And now, like I said, Brother Branham said the greatest battle ever fought. And you can think there's been a lot of battles fought. And the greatest one is happening right now in your mind, even as I'm speaking to you. Even as I'm speaking to you, you got Satan there. He's throwing the thoughts already in your mind. And the battle wages. Welcome to warfare. When this great battle started on earth, there was a, had to be a mutual meeting place. And we said the battleground began in the human mind. Brother Branham said, because that's where decisions are made. Okay? He said it couldn't happen in all these different places and these you know, organizations he talks about. He says it has to have to happen in the mind because that's where decisions are made. He says you've got to meet your enemy in the mind. You've got to make your choice. Okay? And that's, he said, where Satan meets you. Now we know where the train is. We know the battleground. Now he's got different tactics. Every soldier... Anybody that's competing, sports person, etc., is oh, is going to study an opponent's tactics. If you don't, you're done. Don't even, you know, why start? Right? Okay. Brother Branham talked about a lot about boxing because he boxed quite quite uh, a bit when he was younger. And he said, now training is for a contest is like a boxer. He says he's going to meet you out there in, in a contest to fight a real good fighter. Usually knows and studies his opponent. Okay. He studies his licks. He knows how he fights, how he leans forward, how he hangs back, his footwork, his fist, his right hand, his left hand. He studies all of it because he wants to go in prepared. He wants to go in knowing, what am I up against? How, how do I get around that? If this guy's got a wicked you know, right arm, how, how do I defend against that? You know, I don't want to be knocked out in about you know, two seconds into the round. That wouldn't be a good fight, would it? Not at all. So we study the tactics of our enemy. Every country's done that, too. They're studying. We've got, I mean, how many? CIA, NS, uh, Mossad, MI6, you name it. Everybody's spying on each other. Why? Because they're trying to figure out what everybody's doing behind their backs. Front side, it's buddy, buddy. We're all good, we're good pals, country to country. But on the back side, they're stealing each other's secrets, trying to figure out if they got a better weapon or they got some better idea, some better intelligence so that they can be prepared in case this person pulls the trigger on them. Oh, we're better. We know it, right? So this is happening on a day-to-day basis all the time. Sometimes it goes good. Sometimes it goes wrong. You know, if someone is a turncoat and passes secrets behind the back, it's a cutthroat realm there. But Satan's doing the same thing, okay? Satan is doing the same thing on you just as much as we would be doing it on him. He's studying you pretty hard as well. Okay, he's trying to figure out your weaknesses and where your strong points are, and, you know, what, what you're up to. And we'll get into that maybe a little bit here. Well, I'll just nail it right now. That's, that's what his whole, if he doesn't know how, what your strengths are, he wouldn't have a good attack against you. Everybody's a little bit different, right? We have different weaknesses and where, where are we, that's why the scripture says, lay aside the sin that so easily beset us. There might be something that is just a weakness for you. And Satan knows exactly what that is, Okay. He's taking notes right now. He's sitting there. Yeah, he's listening. Oh, oh no, he's, 
Oh, wait, he's talking about tactics about me. No, 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 don't talk about that. He's, he's writing already what you're receiving in the service. Oh, let's provide a distraction. You know what? Put a kid who's knocking his knee a lot and distract the guy's eye so he's not really hearing what the preacher's saying. It's happening right now because he doesn't want you to, to hear what he, he's doing, okay? Every moment, it's happening. What I love, though, is our intelligence, the one that provides us all the secrets of the enemy, it's complete. Amen. We got, we got God's intelligence, all-knowing. I don't know, Satan, that's, it, it's kind of like just a lose-lose for him. We already know all of his tricks. We already know all of his tactics, yet he tries them. The reason is, is we're not in the Word and not in the message to know what those tactics are. It's been given to us, but it's, we need to now dig into it, right? So we have a general that provides all the information. He knows exactly what the enemy plans. And man, how much, how much, so much, we can be so much thankful, so thankful for a prophet messenger that came just to lay it all out. Here it is. I wouldn't be standing here preaching if it wasn't for the message, greatest battle ever fought, putting on the whole armor of God and the contest, you know, the, between, uh, uh, the battle between God and Satan. I don't have that title right. Talk about a major intel disaster for hell. Disaster. He's just complete. All of his secrets have been annihilated. So Satan has studied you and humans for a lot of years. He knows your makeup exactly. He knows that we have our senses of our body. He knows that he can access, see, smell, taste, feel, hearing. That's our contact with this world. And we have our spirit realm. We have our affection, our reasoning, and our conscience, and memory, and imagination. He can anoint that realm as well, and he has access to that. And then we have a deeper realm, our soul realm. And it has just that one sense, faith or doubt, right? And which one dominates? But Abraham says either dominates it. It's either faith or doubt. And he said there's only one gate. There's only one access. There's only one channel to that. Okay. And that's free moral agency. Okay. That's the only way to get to that point. I was in, when I was in Dallas, I was speaking on a different message and I said, you know, we hear free moral agency a lot. Who knows what that is? And I had, it was young people and there was a young fellow on the front bench. And I said, do you know what free moral agency is? And he's looking up at me just, no, <laughs> big smile. Nope. All right. <laughs> moral agency but exactly there we go that's okay we hear things a lot especially as we grow up and you know it's a term well what does it mean no it's just a term it's good to know because it's part of our warfare you need to know these things amen that's why we're here on wednesdays and nights free moral agency is our ability to make a moral judgment based on a notion of right or wrong okay so we can make it a, a, a decision based on is this right or wrong and then to be held accountable it's our free moral agency. We have the ability to make a choice. You can choose. God isn't forcing you to do one or the other, right? You know, if he just, God, it wouldn't be too just if he, man was fallen man, he was cursed, and then he didn't have a choice in anything. Like that wouldn't, God allows you to have a choice in whether you want to accept or reject a provided way, a provided sacrifice. What is amazing is that he knows who will and who won't. I love that part. 
He gives you the option. You want to choose that? He says, I'm not, I'm not going to force you to do that. That's your free moral agency. But I know if you are or not. That's great. Because then he, by foreknowledge, can make everything work according to his plan. So I know that you have the choice, you, you know, but I know you're going to choose good for the right. I know you're going to choose salvation. I know you're going to choose deliverance, and therefore I can work it all out how I want it to. I love it. It's wonderful. A teeny sermon on free moral agency right there. Therefore, Satan at the principal part, I should say Satan now begins at the principal part. He wants to go right to the soul. He wants to cause a man to doubt God's word. Okay? That's where Satan wants to go, right there. And God began at the principal part, at the soul, to lay his word in the soul. So here we are. Okay? And the only way to get there is through your choice, whether you accept or reject. That's it. Okay? And I think that's important. Okay? And his goal is to get through the mind, Satan's goal to get through that mind and down to the soul to cause the doubt. That's his goal. Now we have different gates to the spirit or channels. As we talked about, controlled by imaginations and conscience and memory and reasons, etc., and I'm just going to be, I'm going to try and, Lord, help me just try and talk about this a little bit. Uh, Brother Branham talks about a, a certain situation uh, in Greatest Battle Ever Fought. And it's just how subtle Satan can be to inhibit how God's ab- ability for that word to get right down into the soul. And that's Satan's whole agenda is to try and how can I stop that? hinder you from making a decision or, or bring it through a different channel. If you bring it through a different channel, it's not going to come down to the soul. It's going to be uh, hindered and it will not land right. It won't cover this. It ha- the word has to come down to the soul realm to say by faith, Lord, I believe it. Done. That's it. If it comes through any other channel, it's going to be corrupted and it will not last. And that is exactly why we have a lot of emotional ups and downs is because that hasn't gone right down into the soul realm. It's come through some, another port, another affection or some through some reasoning or something that's got it corrupted and it's not going to hold. It won't last. Brother Brown talks, he says, so many people lots of times has misconstrued the word. And I'll just try and take this as best I can. And he goes, I've been misunderstood by this by making altar calls. I said, I wasn't much on altar call, not meaning that you shouldn't make an altar call. And I know that can be taken wrong. But Ram's not saying you shouldn't have an altar call. He's just saying, I'll, I'll just go into it. He said, but somebody, get somebody by the arm and say, oh, brother John, you know what? Me and you've been neighbors all this time. And at an altar call, through the channel of, of affection and, and touch. Oh, hey, brother, I, you know, we've been real good buddies all this time. And, you know, let's just, and instead of it being that person's decision on, I'm responding to the word on the basis of the word and my faith in that word that's been spoken, it comes through and Satan just tries to bring it through, through, through affection. And that won't last. Okay. And I'm just talking again, if I'm, I'm trying to just show you at camp, I, I see it happen a lot at camp. The Lord moves 
And then there's this drive for, you know, everybody's arms and, and we're going to go pray for everybody. And then it's big circles of people. Careful, careful, because we don't want to inhibit that person to receive the word straight through the right channel by faith on that alone to go through that free moral agency channel into his soul and get inhibited by some other channel. Okay. He says, you come here to the altar, you get down, he says, what's he doing? He goes, Brother Brown says, I wish I had a blackboard. I could show you what he's doing. He's trying to work through his, his spirit realm on affections. He goes, that don't work. That's not the avenue. Okay? He said, certainly it isn't. And like I said, you see, and it's not that there's plenty of, the Lord can minister through someone. Absolutely. That doesn't say you can't do that. It's just being I guess just being aware of that and understanding, saying, Lord, you know, when you're approaching that person they're pro- and they're approaching th- to the word, not on the basis of your affection or your, your touch. And touch is pretty big when someone's in a real burdensome time, right? And just, just putting an arm around somebody when they're going through a difficult time can just break somebody, right? And that's, uh, but then that's just through affection. And you want it to be through right to the soul. Amen? He said, now maybe he's working in the memory. He says, oh, Brother John, you had a wonderful mother. She died long ago. And starts to try and work up a response based off of memory. Oh, she's, she was praying for you. And, you know, she's just looking down from heaven and, you know, looking for you to respond. And, and through that, through a memory, and then through some affection and a combination, Satan's just working there through that spirit realm and inhibiting somebody from receiving what he could in his soul. That would be everlasting, right? That would be an anchor that would hold him. But then when a rough time comes, that experience falters away and will not hold at all. It's a dangerous zone. It's just to be aware of. Again, it's just tactics, it's just tactics of the enemy to be, no, okay, he can work this way. He goes, it's got to come down the line of free moral agency. You yourself let the word of God. You don't come because your mother was a good woman. You don't come because you're a good neighbor. You don't come because God, you come because God calls you to come and you accept him on the basis of his word. Amen. That's it. The word is what means everything. The word, because that's what holds you. We want experiences that hold, that keep. We just don't want a, you know, an emotional, you know, wonderful meetings and everybody's rejoicing. That's great. But six months from now, I want to see everybody rejoicing. So we want an experience that holds, amen? Respond to the word. If you can get everything out of the way, all conscience, all senses, just let the word come in and it will produce just exactly, amen? Satan can bring, use your memory channel to bring so much condemnation from past. Now we're just talking about just different ways that Satan can come in on a tactic, okay? Just, just how, to, how to inhibit you or how to thwart you and how to combat you, and he's trying to wear you down. These are just ways. He can bring back past memory so easily and just bring, oh, you remember this, and just uses that memory channel just to keep, keep things rolling in your mind of what you did, but it's under the blood, right? And you have to point him back to the word, Amen. Therefore, there is no condemnation to them who are in Christ Jesus. Amen. The word, if you're going to find a theme through here, the word is going to defeat him every time. 
Amen? We'll, we'll, get, we'll hopefully get right into that. But just seeing how Satan uses different things. It, it sounds simple. But how many people are just battered by condemnation? Well, why? I mean, it's, you know, the scripture's there. No, because the devil just hounds you and hounds you and hounds you. Oh, remember this, remember that. And they can't get out of that. It's a tactic of the enemy to wear you down and defeat you. Amen? So then guard yourself. If that's an area that's a weakness, guard yourself. Amen? Arm yourself with every scripture on condemnation. Amen? You remember what God has done for you. You bring back what he did, how he saved you, how he's kept you. I mean, you repeat this back. Who's talked to the devil before? Me. Amen? Absolutely. Scripture says, the comforter, which is the Holy Ghost, whom the Father will send in my name, he shall teach you all things and bring all things to your remembrance, whosoever have said unto you. Amen? He'll bring to remembrance. The comforter will. He'll help you through those times. Affection. Affection. Now, I'm not going to linger on too long on, on all of these, but uh, they're going down or up. Samson was hindered because of affection, right? Samson had a great gift and, and, a, and, and was powerful and was there to judge, be a judge and defeat the enemy for, for Israel. But through that affection gate, he was hindered big time, right? And it wasn't something that guarded and he allowed and Satan just kept pounding him and pounding him and pounding him through that. And eventually he let down and the whole secret behind his strength was given to Delilah because of that affection gate, that channel of affection. And one, thing I, one thing that I see happen has happened before, and it just, I could, you know, sometimes I wish it was the Old Testament where it was still natural battle. It sounds like it would be just so much easier to combat the enemy if you could just pull out your sword and whack, done. <laughs> it's just not that way for us, is it? <laughs> but after... When a brother or a sister, the Lord meets them mightily, delivers them, brings them maybe back, maybe they had backslidden, or, or saves them, and it's just a, something wonderful the Lord does. And right on the heels of that, Satan brings in a girl, or he brings in a boy. All the time. I know young people in this church that have been derailed because of that, Okay. And some are not here because it's a young lady that comes in or a young man that comes in and causes them to get their eyes off what the Lord did for them and onto the gate and the channel of affection. Guard yourself. That's all this is. It's just to be aware of the tactic of the enemy. You came through camp. God did something for you. I tell you right now, a girl is not on your agenda or a boy. Focus on God. Focus on what he did for you. Strengthen yourself. Pour yourself in the word. Focus in on what God is needing you to be built up in. Not a relationship. Okay? I'm just saying. No, the Lord has his time. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying that's a tactic of the enemy. Be wary. Set your affections on things above, not on things of the earth. If you need a scripture for that, there it is. Colossians 3.2. You know, the first tactic that Satan ever used was reasoning. Reasoning. In the garden. I'm just going to turn to Genesis 3. 
We'll just look at that. The first tactic. Now, God, Satan knew that Eve was fortified behind the word. And you're fortified behind the word. There's nothing that can get you when it's all around you. Okay? But the moment that you get away from that, this is where trouble starts. And I don't think it's coincidental if we can look back at the Garden of Eden and what the sin was at the Garden and how prevalent it is now. That reasoning was the first tactic used on the Garden and how much, how strong it is now to reason against, oh, well, the message isn't this, there's that, and there's doubt, and it's pouring on through the message. I don't think it's coincidental. If it worked at the beginning, Satan's going to be using it pretty hard at the end as well. The power of suggestion is incredible. I was in a court case numerous years ago, and constantly, Crown Counsel, the line they use always was, I suggest. I suggest this happened. I suggest this and this took place. I suggest you did this. Not saying they did, they just suggested it. And therefore laid in, oh, maybe they did. That's, that's all Satan needs to do, is lay in just a little bit of, oh, maybe. That's it. Power of suggestion. Did you think of this? I suggest that. Be wary. Satan tries to show you something better, an easier way, a more sensible plan. But Abraham says, but there's no more sensible plan than what God laid down at the beginning. Amen? His word, hold the word, get a grip on it, let it grip on you, and stay there with it. He said the battle raged even when Eve, when Eve opened up her mind to listen to reasoning. And it, through that flu, it came in, it run down her reasoning, okay? So here the serpent is talking to Eve in chapter 3. And he was, the serpent saying, now he's more subtle, and he said, Hey, hath God said, ye shall not eat of every tree of the garden? The woman said to the, unto the serpent, We may eat of the fruit of the trees of the garden, but the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden, God hath said, ye shall not eat of it, neither shall ye touch it, lest ye die. And the serpent said, Ye shall not surely die. Just a, no. But God doth that in, that, in the day ye eat thereof, then your eyes will be opened, and you shall be as gods, knowing good and evil. She was looking at a serpent with her eyes, but her Branham said she saw the serpent, he was beautiful and handsome, far better than her husband. This is Brother Branham saying this. He was more subtle of all the beasts of the field and probably a fairer man than her husband. Looked a great masculine beast standing there. How great he was. Here's the eye gate. And he's trying to tell her what a great thing it is. Are you, are you sure? Well, it, you could be as gods, knowing good and evil and be more wiser. Oh, and she just stopped for a moment. That's it. It's all it took. But Orion wrote, wrote a song. It only takes a moment. Amen. And the power of God can come in and change you forever. Eve stopped for just a moment and caused every war literally on this, on this earth from just a moment's time. Amen. Another person that stopped for just a moment. We know the story of 
uh, I don't, can't remember her last name, Nellie, who was saved. But Abraham talks about her. She was a dancer. And she was going to sew up a dress, I think is what he said. She was to do some sewing. She picked up some fabric. And she's walking down the street. And she hears some music through her ear channel. And she stopped for a moment. Just a moment. And then she's running to Brother Branham. And we know the rest of the story where Brother Branham prayed. Brother Branham was just very brand new. And if you read the account, it's just precious because Brother Branham, he didn't have to be super, it wasn't super spiritual. He just said, Satan, flee from her. Amen. He was, it was just, he was just a new, new to preaching and such when he, t- when he tells the story. And that big demon bat came out and the drunk man that was on the bed and we know the story of what that happened. But just from a moment's time, just by listening a little bit and stopping, she was in the arms of another man before she knew it. Amen. The scripture says, resist the devil and he will flee. You don't resist. That's not, you know, just push him. Right? Resistance. Okay? Andrew, come here. <laughs> if I was going to resist Andrew, like push me or something, like is that resisting? Was that a resistance? No, the devil's just pushing me. It's like, whoa, hey, yeah, okay, just watch my step. I just about fell on the steps, okay? Just kidding. But if I resisted Andrew, okay, now push me. I'm going to resist him, okay? We're, we're going we're to resist the devil. What's the rest of it? He will flee. So put up a resistance. That means you're going to have to do a little bit of pushing back. Okay? means you need to know his tactics. You need to know your scriptures. You need to know the word to be able to resist. Thank you. Okay? Resist him. There's some action there, and he will flee. Okay? So don't, there's, there's, some, there's something you have to do to do that. And it could be a real good tug of war. You could really be holding that for a while. There's no time limit there. Resist the devil. But it's scripture, at some point, he will flee. Okay? Hold on to that. I'm resisting. I'm resisting. You hold on. You keep resisting. He will flee. Amen? Don't stop for nothing. But Abraham says, you've got the message. Jesus lives. God is a healer. That's the message. Don't stop for nothing. No reasonings. No nothing else. Amen. Don't get on Satan's ground either. Scripture says, abstain from all appearance of evil. means to withdraw or keep away. Again, tactics. You have no business on his ground anyway. You're fair game. You're fair game on his ground. Okay? Scripture says, uh, uh, abstain from all appearance. If it doesn't look right, don't be there. You know something that's always helped me? But Abraham says, if you have a question, go do it. That's not hard. If you're questioning already in your mind, something's checking you. And be thankful for that. That's the Holy Ghost inside you saying, don't do it. Simple. And it might not necessarily be wrong. But if there's a question, don't. It keeps you there. Abstain from the appearance. And man, I would want my response. I just thinking of Nellie's reaction of just stopping a moment. Satan coming in. Or Eve. Satan coming in and just starting to reason. Just lay a little, little seed there. A little, you know, it's not this way. You won't surely die. But Mary, 
When the angel came and said she's going to have a, have a child of the Holy Ghost, she replied, be it unto me, according to your will. Done. The word spoke, and she accepted. She said, Lord, I accept it. Be it unto me. Whatever it is, whatever your will is, I'm there to receive it. It didn't come through any other gate. There was no opportunity for Satan to come in and be like, well, that's, like, that's totally not even possible. Nothing. Lord, be it unto me, according to your will. Amen? That would be our response when Satan comes in to try and throw a little bit of reasoning in there. Imagination. Our scripture we read, casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalteth itself against the knowledge of God and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. Amen? Casting down imaginations. So many of the scriptures when on imagination is tied with an evil heart. And that's, in man's heart was continually evil. Their imaginations were continually evil. And, and uh, Satan can use the imaginations to, I'm not going to go too deep because it can get services on each of these channels, but we can easily form sometimes just a mental image even of what, maybe even what God's going to do. And you kind of, you could really create a box sometimes. You need, you need certain things from God and they're praying and you have kind of a way that you need it to happen. And you kind of form, you know, this is how, Lord, I need this and this. And, and you start imagining how it could happen when God has maybe something totally different, Right? And you want it to come through the, the word channel to the soul channel, not through, it won't have, on the imagination channel, it won't stick. Just while thinking on imagination, this seems maybe a little bit disjointed a bit, but, you know, I was thinking, Brother Branham said a couple times, he said, Almighty God knows that the, that light you see on that picture is standing not two feet from where I am right now. He's talking about the picture of the pillar of fire. He says, that's the truth. It's moving on my right side right here. And I thought, you know, how many people were in those meetings thinking, well, that's just maybe imagination. How many were doubting that? They couldn't see it. So well, maybe that's just his. And I just thought, how many people, but Abraham is saying, right there, you're standing not two feet from me. But how many times can it happen here in our services where the Holy Spirit is moving in here and he's moving and the preacher's speaking and he's, the word is ministering? Well, that's just, you know, it's maybe just something in the imagination and Satan, you know, they're just making that up or it's just a feeling. But same God then is same God now. And it's just a way of a tactic to inhibit God from really working and allowing you to receive from his presence. Amen. But Abraham talks about those flus being clogged and each one of those, those gates. We don't want those flus clogged. Imaginations brings on worry, which builds up pressure. Christ promised that he'd take all of our cares, he said, cast all your cares on him. So that he said, so what are you worried about? Better Brown speaking. Worry builds up pressure. Pressure blows up. So just cast your cares on him. And I was just thinking about that. We have so many of the, of the discern, those in the discernment lines are nervousness. They are just nervousness after nervousness. And then because of nervousness, they also have an ulcer. Or they have some other problem because of nervousness. Because of worry. Okay? And it just ties it all back because of pressure being built up. And we're in a nervous age. Indeed, we are. A gentleman uh, that Brother Brown is talking about, he says, it bothers you. You got a mental nervousness that causes, caused you weary. And you're always thinking of things. Always thinking of things. 
That was Satan in the imagination realm, thinking and pondering and building things up and crossing bridges before you get to them. Crossing bridges before you get to them. What if this happens? What if that happens? And and then this is going to happen. And then this might happen. And it's building up a pressure. Crossing bridges. He goes, that's the nature of yours. That isn't, that's right, isn't it? Not reading your mind, but that's the truth. You always plan things and never happens the way and upset you and things like that. Taking other people's troubles on your, to your heart and worry over them when you really oughtn't to do that. Here is the, here's the whole, the imagination part of your spirit. This man, he's got to make up this way. And Satan is just pressing upon him and pressing upon him and building up a nervousness and he's got a problem. A tactic of the enemy to wear you down. To wear you down to where you cannot battle. You're fatigued. You're out of the fight. And that's exactly where he wants you. Taking other people's troubles to your heart, worry over them when you really oughtn't to do it, but God is here to make you well, my gallant brother. You believe that. He says, oh, Heavenly Father, I condemn this devil that's tormenting this fine man, Satan, Jesus Christ's name. Come out of him and leave him. Amen? Amen. Cast down imagination is what the scripture says. You can see where that goes. Crossing bridges before you get there. Cast down imaginations. Amen? The senses are fine. <laughs> Don't get us all wrong. You're like, well, I shouldn't have affection. I shouldn't have an imagination. What, what can I do? I feel like a constrained human. No, they're fine. But and if they disagree with the word, they're not fine. That's the whole key. Get away from it if it's not in full agreement with the word of God. Done. Line it up. Check it back. Say, is this feeling, is this thought, is this memory, is this a situation I'm in, does it line up with the word? If it doesn't, Satan's ground, resist and leave it. Amen? He said, it's your mind that opens up the door or closes the door and listens to your conscience, listens to your memory, listens to your affections. But when your mind closes itself to these things and let God, the spirit of his word, come in, it blows the rest of the stuff out. Amen? Every doubt is gone. Every fear is gone. Every sensation of doubt is gone. Every feeling is gone. There's nothing standing there but the word of God, and Satan can't battle against it. Amen? It's the key right there. It's our answer. We're talking tactics. How to, how to battle? Right there. Amen? Nothing can stand against it. Satan cannot battle against that. He said, no, sir. Amen. I believe that's what's happened. I believe that's what happened at camp. And different ones that, have, that the Lord has done is, is able to go straight through, pushing all that aside where nothing can stand but the word of God. Amen? It has to be that inside work. It has to be. It has to go down right into that inner channel. We can, it, it's, when life comes into that channel, then the word of God manifests from you, from the inside out. Right? Brother Branham talks about it just being on the surface. Someone say, well, I'm, I'm, I'm a good person, or I'm respectful, and I don't do this, and I don't do that, and I've grown up in the message, and, and I'm really, you know, I've done nothing wrong. But he says, that's just artificial. It's all on the outside. It's all artificial. And at some point, it'll just collapse because it's not from the inside 
pushing out and blasting, Brother Bram says, all those flus completely clear so that the word can continually minister directly to the soul realm. Amen? Amen. If ye abide in me and my words abide in you, then ask what you will, and it'll be done for you. Amen? A born-again experience. We don't want an artificial experience. We don't want a surface-level experience or a spirit realm experience. We want it to be in our soul realm. Amen. Now, Satan can come into your mind. This is the battleground. Butter Brown says, but if you accept it, he goes, it can batter against you, but it can't get you until you accept it. Okay? So you're going to have crazy thoughts. You can. Like, where did that come from? Where did that come from? And I didn't print it. I have it. Someone asked him the question. He said, uh, you know, uh, let me see if I can even find it. Brother Brandon, please explain how a person knows if he's thinking his own thoughts or if the devil is placing thoughts in his mind to, take, to make him think wrong. Okay? Especially if you know what you do not want to think them. This is just the, how the question is. He says, Brother Brandon said, then if it's contrary to the word, it's the devil's thinking. If it's the word, it's God's thinking. If it's the wrong thoughts, it's the devil. If it's good thoughts of the word and God, it's God's thinking. There it is. Amen. There it is. He can, he can throw them in at you. Satan's thought, it's out. Right? You can, uh, someone said the bird, you can allow the bird to flutter through, but don't let him build a nest. Okay? So we're going to wage that warfare. That's the battleground. Expect it. But this is your learning. We're, we're rehearsing and going through how to, how to stand again and how to recognize hey, this is Satan. And I'm prepared. We're ready for battle. Amen. Now, those are his tactics. In a life or death battle, we need to know how to combat him. But we want to make sure that we're coming on faith alone, through the word of God. Say, Lord, if you have to recheck, right? Scripture says, make your calling and election sure. If you have to step back and say, Lord, I want to make sure I came to you on faith alone. Amen? Not through an emotion, not through some, you know, friends gathering around me. I want to make sure I came to you on your word and by faith alone on your word. Amen? That's the most important. But Satan casts in doubt and says, well, what if it fails? Brother Bram says, there's nothing. He says, well, I remember Miss Jones tried to trust God and Miss so-and-so and Miss Doe tried to trust God for healing one time and, and she failed. He said, but if that channel has been cleared out and been purged and been filled on the inside with the Holy Spirit, that don't even come in memory. He says, no matter what Miss Jones and what she did, it's you and God together, period. And nobody else but you two. He says, there's your battle. He says, kill him at the beginning. If you don't remember anything else but this next few lines, these are the lines. Kill him at the beginning. Stop him dead in his tracks. Don't even let him get a grip hold on anything. Amen. He throws in a thought. Hammer him. Satan, resist him. Amen. It ain't how long you can make the war linger, Brother Branham says. There's no medals here. Well, I was battling him for like tens and tens of years on this one thing. No, no, no. Kill him right there. Don't even let it linger, okay? Amen. Don't let the war linger. He said, stop it right now. 
if you'll come and keep the memories and conscience, everything to think about, well, I might fail. It might not be right. And he said, don't do that at all. You throw aside everything, open up the channel and say, God, your word is eternally true. And it's for me done. Remember that God, your word is eternally true. And it's for me. Amen. He says, if the whole church fails, if the whole world fails, yet I can fail because I'm taking your word. Amen. There's the battle, he says. Hallelujah. God, your word is eternally true. Glory. This might be my longest service yet. <laughs> Those are the tactics and the channels that Satan can come at us. But we're not without armor. We're not without armor and a way to combat him, right? We've talked about how he can attack us, and we know that the word is our surety, and we, and we want to stay with that. But we want to talk about what, what did God provide us? These are weapons of our warfare, our, our scripture that we talked about. Our weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God, Okay. So we want to go through that. And Brother Branham actually talks about the weapons or our armor. And uh, I'll just actually talk. What is armor? Armor is a protective covering used to prevent damage from being inflicted to an individual by direct contact weapons or projectiles. Okay, so this is armor. It's protecting you. And Satan is going to be bent on assaulting your armor because he's got to be, if you have it on there, which you should, you want to be, you're protected. You don't want to be vulnerable. Amen. So we want to be armored. God provides this for us. And uh, I mean, man has spent millions and millions and billions on protective armor for their soldiers. In fact, they're trying to build fancy, fancy exoskeletons that attach to soldiers and allow them to move better and easier and carry more weight and, and a lot more sensors and biometric sensors. And they're spending hundreds and millions of billions of dollars on how to provide protection for their troops. Carnal. Carnal war. How much more would God provide protection for his soldiers, for his people? How much more? Eh? Brother Branham calls the fruits in Galatians armor. He calls the fruits in Galatians armor. And Paul says, but the fruits of the spirit is love and joy, peace, long suffering, patience, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance against such there are no laws. If you look in the, in the message, Brother Branham actually calls that armor. And you can say, wow, that's armor. Pretty tame. But that's our armor. Joy is armor. And everything in the way this world works, if you go through all of those, it is very contrary to every one of those. Satan is bent on making sure that none of these are even remotely on you. Joy, peace, long-suffering, patient, long-suffering patients are, you know, kind of the same, but have a teeny bit difference, but patience, I think someone here just got shot just a bit ago, uh, road rage, because someone got out of the car and such, and long-suffering, gentleness, like for a soldier, that's your armor, that's the best God provided for us, the best Joy is an emotion that's acquired. We, joy is not happiness. 
Joy is more than that. It's acquired by the anticipation or acquisition or even the expectation of something great and wonderful. It could be described as exhilaration or delight. I said, we've received something wonderful. Our salvation, our deliverance, that provides joy. Joy, something inside of us that says, God saved me. That puts something welling on the inside, some exhilaration, some sheer gladness of God. I'm saved. There's joy, there's joy, something inside, not happiness. You know, no, it's joy, something that wells on the inside. It says the joy of the Lord is my strength, is what the scripture says. That's your armor. Amen. Now imagine if you have all of these, how Satan is going to attack you. If you are just emitting the most incredible amounts of joy, you have the thickest armor in joy, and you're bounding every single day, just joy. I'm just, it's come what may. I don't know how much the devil's going to be getting at you. Amen? Brother says, whether we, he wants you to come to church, worship him, be happy, satisfied, giving praise and honor and glory and wisdom and might and power. He wants you to do that. We can come out of, we can come out of some amazing services and you come out of camp services and you are just pumped. And you feel like you can take on the devil, one man band. You're just full of joy. You come out of the service, you're happy. You say, Lord, well, look what you've done. And you've praised him and you've worshiped him and you've given him honor and you've given him glory and you've sung his praises far and wide. And you come out and that's your strength. Now that's your strength. Amen. You participate in service. You're doing very well, by the way. Thank you. I appreciate that. But that, that provide, that just shouts that back to the Lord and it just builds up a joy inside of you. You say, Lord, thank you. Amen. You can praise him. Brother Bram said, the Christian ought to be just as exuberant and full of his pleasure in the Lord as the world is when it savors and delights in its pleasures. Both Christians and the world are human. <laughs> Both have emotions. The, Christ, the difference is the Christian's heart and emotion are purely on the Lord of glory and his love. Amen? Though while the world satisfies the flesh. And there's your difference. Amen. Peace. Armor. A peace that passes all understanding is armor. Shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ is what the scripture says. When the storms come, you're anchored in the rock of ages as we sung earlier. Nothing phases you when you have the peace that passes all understanding. Let the storm clouds rise. Amen. We have rumors of war. We have earthquakes and we have wars going. There's no peace right now on this planet. We have a peace. We have a peace. Thou wilt keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on thee because he trusteth in thee. And therein lies your peace. You can go each day, Lord, let the storm clouds rise. They don't worry me. That's your armor. But you need to be in here. You need to be in the Word. That's where you... These are scriptures in here. Amen. Long-suffering. I won't go into a meekness. Looking at meekness, and there's... I looked... Just read about David in uh, 2 Samuel and how he was walking away 
And Shimei there was cursing him. Maybe I will just turn to it quickly. You don't have to turn to it. I already have it. And thus said Shimei when he cursed, come out, come out, thou bloody man, thou man of Belial. And he cast stones at David and all the servants of King David and all the people and all the mighty men were on his right and, and on his left. And here's Shimei throwing stones and cursing David. Come out, come out, thou bloody man. The Lord hath returned upon thee all the blood of thy house of Saul, whose stead thou hast reigned, and the Lord hath delivered in the kingdom into the hand of Absalom thy son. And behold, thou art taken in thy mischief, because thou art a bloody man. This is God's anointed. <coughs> David could have said, who? Abishai came out wanted to take his head off. And David could have said, who are you? I'm the king. Samuel anointed me because the spirit of the Lord departed from Saul. I am God's anointed king. He didn't even say nothing. In fact, he told Abishai, who wanted to take off his head, who thought he was a dead dog. And the king said, what have I to do with you, ye sons of Zarias? So let him curse, because the Lord hath said unto him, curse David. Who shall then say, wherefore thou hast done so? And here was David, a type of Christ, as Christ was, being, was rejected, David was a type. He would have broke that. But the meekness of David, it's armor. It's armor. Insults and cursing. He degraded. He backstabbed David. But David was portraying Christ. And that's what the word does in us. It starts, it emits Christ. And that meekness is armor. Imagine if that is all around you. And I, I read the scripture and I said, Lord, help me. Help me. I, I'm not even going into love. These are subjects so vast. You know, Lord, help me to have. I just look at that and say, I'm so, I just feel so insignificant in, in, in this armor. Help me. I need this armor. I, we need this. We're in a life and death battle. I'll just touch on faith maybe a little bit and then we'll come to the close here. You know, faith is, I said, Lord, help me understand, because faith is so, so large. Brother Branham says, there's a battle, the very first front line. Let's not use a 22 rifle. He said, let's get an atomic bomb. Let's do the job right. This is Brother Branham. He said, let's get God's atomic bomb. He said, what is it, Brother Branham? F-A-I-T-H in his word. That's God's atomic bomb. That's not just armor, that's weaponry. We've got, it's armor can be that way, but it's, it's twofold here. We've got this, the shield of faith, but it's an atomic bomb. Amen. It blows sickness and devils right and left. It annihilates them. It just destroys it, disintegrates everything that's ungodly. When that bomb of faith drops in there with the word of God behind it, it blows every devil, every sickness, every disease. Amen. That's what you have in your arsenal. Faith. Amen. My goodness. Faith is a conqueror. It's an overcomer. It isn't a peacemaker. It overcomes. Faith is the victory that overcomes the world. Amen. And that's, that's, a, that's a weapon that we have available to us and we need to use it. Scripture says, by faith, Enoch was translated. Enoch was translated by faith. 
that's available to us because we'll need the same faith for rapture. Amen? By faith, Enoch was translated. By, uh, by faith, Noah, being warned of God, of things not seen yet, moved with fear, prepared an ark to the saving of his family. You need a family saved. Faith. Faith is there, accessible, because it can blow the devil and annihilate your situation with your family. By faith, Noah, moved with fear, saved his family. Amen. By faith, Sarah received herself strength to conceive seed. I was reading, I said, Lord, if there's someone that needs a child, it's right there. Sarah had faith to conceive seed and have strength. There's your promise. If God does it for one, he'll do it again and again. Amen. By faith, it's through her faith that that happened. Amen. By faith, Moses, when he's come to years, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter, choosing rather to suffer affliction with the people of God and to en- then to enjoy the pleasures of sin for a season. He forsook, by faith, he forsook Egypt. He forsook the world and all the pleasures in by faith. Amen. That is a weapon. Moses rejected all that the world, Egypt, had to offer to him, and by faith esteemed the reproach of Christ, greater riches than the treasures in Egypt. Amen, that's a weapon, an armor that we have. Through faith, you can conquer anything. We, Brother Abraham says, the atomic bomb. Amen. Faith cometh by hearing, and hearing the word of God. And Brother Abraham, he says, just, just hearing, you have to hear that. And the word of God comes into your thoughts through that mind channel and straight to your soul. Amen. Amen. The faith, the word is what brings the life. It's not just a thought. It's because it's the word. The word's thoughts. You come in unhindered by any of the other avenues and it produces a faith that can conquer. Amen. How do I get this armor? get Christ in your soul. He's, he provides it all. He provides it all. Amen. If we can just get that, get him. It's all available to us. Amen. To you. Now we find that God gave his children the best. He therefore, he don't have to improve it. He never changes. He hasn't changed one bit since the first time he gave his children protection. There's war in heaven. He had to kick out Satan. Then he came down on earth and fortified his children with the word. Amen. God gave the best right at the beginning. He wasn't going to improve it. He didn't have to spy out and be like, oh, you know what? Sorry, that didn't work. I'll try and get that better. And next time you have that, I'll maybe have a better weapon for you. That's not how it works. Amen. God, our general... Who is this king of glory? The Lord strong and mighty. The Lord mighty in battle. He knows battle. He knew exactly what you're going through. And from the beginning, he fortified his people with the word. It worked then and it works now. Never changing. Amen. God knew this great warfare was coming between right and wrong. He knew the enemy was going to do. He knew exactly how to equip us. Amen. And what did he do? gave himself. Christ is the word. Amen. And not only did he just give himself, he proved that, that it worked. He proved it. 
How did he prove it? Because he was tempted for 40, in 40 days and 40 nights. And by the word, defeated Satan. You can imagine Satan came pretty, pretty hard. But God proved that his word works himself and then said, here you go. I know it works. Amen. Amen. I love it. I love his word. It's not an ornamental sword. It's not something that just hangs on the wall. You know, you know, does nothing. It's in a perfect cage and it sits there. It's not what the word's for. The word's there to cut. It's there to be used. Amen? Pull the sword and start cutting. Start using it. Start putting your armor on. Start digging into the word. Man, if God did something for you at camp, you start digging. You start pulling the sword out and you start cutting. But Abraham talks about that little pip pip on the, the shell, little chicken. You just keep, keep bashing that shell. There's a shell around. You just keep smashing it and smashing it. Use the word. It works every time. We won't go into it anywhere, any place. Amen. I know you know it. Start cutting. I was going to read Psalms 91 as the end because it was just an amazing scripture. The uh, musicians can come. I'm going to read it really fast. <laughs> this is the word. I was just looking through the scripture and I said, wow, you know, Lord, this is incredible. And I'm, like I said, this is my longest service ever. I'm so sorry. I have extra time. I banked it from all my other services. <laughs> and considering that, I got a good hour to go. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Bear with me. Psalm 91 says, He that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge and my fortress, my God in whom in him will I trust. Surely he will deliver thee from the snare of the fowler and from the noisome pestilence. He shall cover thee with his feathers and under his wings shalt thou trust. His truth shall be thy shield and buckler. Thou shalt not be afraid for the terror by night, nor uh, for the arrow that flieth by day, nor for the pestilence that walketh in darkness, for, nor for the destruction that wasteth at noonday. He's covering everything right now. A thousand shall fall at thy side and 10,000 at thy right hand, but it shall not come nigh thee. Only with thine eyes shalt thou behold and see the reward of the wicked because thou hast made the Lord, which is my refuge, even the most high, thy habitation. There shall no evil befall thee, neither shall any plague come nigh thy dwelling. Amen. For he shall give his angels charge over thee, keep thee in all thy ways. They shall bear thee up in their hands, lest thou dash thy foot against a stone. Thou tread, thou shalt tread upon the lion and adder. The young lion and the dragon shall thou trample under your feet, because he hath set his love upon me. Therefore will I deliver him. I will set him on high, because he hath known my name. He shall call upon me, and I will answer him. Amen. I will be with him in trouble. I will deliver him and honor him with long life. Will I satisfy him and show him my salvation? Amen. You read that chapter if you need something. If you're like, Lord, I just don't know where to read, you go to Psalms 91, and you will be protected from whatever the devil is throwing at you at that time. Amen? I just thought that was a wonderful, wonderful chapter. When the battle's over, yes, we shall. Amen? When the war is over, they said the boats, when they're coming in from 
overseas into New York, and the soldiers are on the deck. But Abraham talks about them seeing the Statue of Liberty and just screaming and crying. The battle-shocked men, and as they just saw everything their country stood for, and their families now there behind, whistles blowed. He said, and they went into a scream, and all their heroes came marching in. He says, that'll be a minor thing to what's coming. When this, ba- this army comes marching forward, amen? Amen. He says, he talks about Caesar and looking for that battle-scarred man. As he's standing there in the line, looking for someone to come in my chariot. And he's standing there, and he's looking at each one. And there's that battle-scarred one that he said was all scarred. And he says, my, you just kind of looked up. He says, wait a minute. You're not even dressed. He says, where'd you get those scars? He said, out on the battlefield. He says, climb up here. Climb up here. You're the guy I want to set by me. But Abraham says, I want to be battle-scarred. Paul said, I bear in my body the marks of Jesus Christ. That's why I want to battle in the field. But Abraham said, someday when our chief captain shall come, who armored us, who give us armor of God, the Holy Ghost, give us the word to fight with. When our great chief captain comes riding, I want to step up on that chariot and ride home with him. Then when I take my little old wife in arm, look around and see my brethren and their wives and their children, when we start walking through the paradises of God, the angels fill in the air with anthems above like that, Talk about a celebration. Talk about a celebration. We'll have something to celebrate about. We'll lay the armor down. We'll lay the swords down. We'll lay the shields down. And we'll have a celebration on that day. Amen. Let's stand. I want to sing, Here Comes the Bride. That's what I want to sing. I know you might not even know it. But I'm going to sing it, and you can sing it with me. Do we have that course? What a celebration on that day.
step aside. They'll sing the anthems for us as we walk in. Here comes the bride. Amen. Pray that something tonight was just deposited. Just maybe a tactic, one line. Remember that one line I said? Can you remember it? I'll find it so you can remember it. Because it's an important line. That one too. Kill him at the beginning. And God, your word is eternally true, and it's for me. Amen. That's all. It's between you and God. Amen. Amen. Let's just bow our heads in order of prayer and we close. Heavenly Father, thank you for this time that we could have together, Lord, in your presence. Pray, Lord, just maybe something was said, Lord, that could just help, Lord, someone in their day-to-day battle as we wrestle against the enemy, Lord. But our weapons of our warfare, Lord, you provided us. And, Lord, they are more than adequate to defeat the enemy, Lord, anywhere, anytime, in any place. Bless the people, Lord, for listening and pulling, Lord. I appreciate them. I thank you. May you give them a wonderful week ahead, Lord. Victorious reports, Lord, that your word brings victory in our lives, Lord, we pray. Commit them into your hands in Jesus Christ's name. Amen. Amen. Shake hands with one another. Have a wonderful week. God bless you.